Thank you for listening to the Life Church of God podcast. For more information about Life Church, check out lifecogms.org. seated if you would like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. feel what I feel in this house today and I feel the presence of the Lord moving today oh we love you Jesus oh we love you Jesus we honor your presence in this place right now God, we never want to get caught up in the routine of worship that we forget to acknowledge when your presence is so real. Hey. Woo. We take a moment right now, Father, to acknowledge you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Yes, Lord. Woo! Come on, just take a moment. It's all right. Oh, God. Come on, I need this. Just let him fill your cup back up to overflowing. been faithful you've never left us you've never forsaken us Ooh. you've 
being so good. God, we love you. Father, we love you. Amen. See, it's all right just to take time to love on him. Because he loves on us all the time. All the time. Amen. I feel such a sweet, sweet presence of the Holy Spirit in this house today. And I don't know about you, but I have missed being in church. I have missed being with you all. I miss the communion with my father, but I miss the communion with my brothers and my sisters. I love you guys so much. Man, sometimes I have to preach things that are hard and I don't really want to say, but it's always from love in my heart. Amen, what the Lord wants me to say. But I want you to know something. I genuinely love you with all of my heart. And it is the greatest honor of my life get to get to be your pastor. And I pray that y'all won't run me off for many, many years. That was a joke. <laughs> but uh, I love you so much. And uh, thank you for letting us be your pastors. Amen. Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. I am ready to preach to this. I've had to hold this for a while now. And uh, the uh, prophet Jeremiah said, I got to a point in my life where he said, uh, I said, I'll no longer speak in his name. I'm no longer going to preach. He said, but his word wouldn't let me because it was like fire shut up in my bones. And as a preacher, when God gives you a word and you can't release it, man, it'll just eat you up until he gives you that uh, area to release it and so I am so glad that I have the chance now to release what God has laid on my heart I believe this is a I don't say this a lot because it scares me to death to say it but I believe that I heard from the Lord um, and I do believe that this is a word not only for life church but for the body of Christ so if you are watching us live stream, hit share on that. Those of you that are here, when you get home this evening, share this message. I believe it is a message for the body of Christ. I believe it is a reassurance from the throne room of heaven that God is in complete control. Amen. Can I tell you something this morning? COVID did not catch God off guard. Coronavirus did not catch God off guard. Anything that you are facing today did not catch God off guard. God knew it was coming, and God said, even though we may have to face it, I'm going to bring you through it. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we'll be coming out of Isaiah chapter 43. We are going to look at verses 1 through 7. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. Amen. If you would like to stand for the reading of the word, please do so. When you have it, say amen. Give you just a minute. I still see people looking. Amen. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because of what God tells us here. Amen. Isaiah 43, starting in verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. 
and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, the Savior. I, have, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, and see before thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved you. Therefore will I give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing that is on your word. Bless the reading of your word today. God, and anoint these lips of clay that I can speak what thus saith the Lord to your people. And Father, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and honor that only you deserve. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, I'm spoken for. I'm spoken for. We, we, don't, we don't hear that term a lot in the day and age we live, but back in the day, that was a big time term. I'm spoken for. What, what does spoken for mean? Uh, it means to not be available because of already being claimed by someone else. Back in the day, someone was to walk up to my wife and say, hey, would you like to go out with me? Their, their response would be, I'm already spoken for. That means I've already been claimed by someone else. I'm already in a relationship by, with someone else. That's what spoken for means. And so we must understand that in the natural, there's also a supernatural and that God works the, the same way. So if we can be spoken for, in the natural, guess what? We can be spoken for in the supernatural. And guess who spoke for us? God said, but now he that created thee and formed thee, fear not for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. In other words, God said, you now belong to me. Spoken for. I want you to keep that in mind, what spoken for means. First thing that God told us right now is that, that we are spoken for. How do you know that we are spoken for by God, Pastor? I'm glad that you asked. That's what I want to preach to you about this morning. How do you know that we are spoken for? He said he created and formed. You were created and formed by God. Nobody designed man in a tube. Come on. Nobody just said, man, mix a little of this and mix a little of that. And regardless of what evolutionists want to say we did not come from an amoeba that crawled out of the water that we used to have a tail come on and all these other things that happened you and I were formed and created by an almighty God when he reached his hands down into the dust of the earth and he created man after his image and after his likeness. And God breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils and man became a living soul. That is how you and I came into being. That is the only explanation that I will take is that you and I were formed hands-on by God. 
And you say, well, that happened with Adam and Eve. What about us? I'm glad you asked. God told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and ordained you to a prophet. Every person that is alive today, at the time of conception, God begins to form that body. I know they pass heartbeat bills and all these other bills, but when God says there is a life and there is a purpose, that is when life begins. Amen. And God takes his hands into that womb of that mother and he forms you and I. So you and I were still, even though God don't reach down in the dust of the earth, he reaches into the womb of our mothers and he formed us and he created us in his image and his likeness. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God ever stopped creating. Nowhere in the Bible did it say God ever stopped creating. We saw him create all through the Bible. Oh, how did you see that, Pastor? Well, one day they brought a man that was blind to Jesus. Y'all remember that? And the Bible said Jesus spat on the ground and made mud of the spittle. Are y'all tracking with me? And Jesus picked up the mud and he placed it on the man's eyes. He told him to go wash and the man came back seeing. That was a creative miracle. What was man created out of? The dust of the ground. What is in spittle? DNA. God took his DNA, mixed it with the original material, and made the man some eyes. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all get that later. But we were created and formed by God. How many of you know that you are God's design? You are God's design. You are God's patent. God spoke the worlds into existence, but when it it became time for mankind, God was hands-on. That's the difference. That's the relationship. God spoke the whole world into existence. But when it became time for man, God said, I'm going to be hands-on. How many of you know God could have spoke us into existence? Just like he did all the animals and the birds and the fish. Everything he spoke into existence, he could have did that with us. But he said, there's going to be a difference in the relationship. And he said, I'm going to be hands-on. There are people that I know that are acquaintances. And then there are people that I'm hands-on with. Are y'all tracking with me? There are people that I know all over the world. I get messages and talk to people from all over the world. There's people that I know from all over the world. There's people that I know that I see walking down the street. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go up and hug their neck. That doesn't mean that I'm going to invite them over to my house for dinner. Are you you tracking with me? There's differences in relationships. And even though God created this and this and this, God said when it comes to man, it's going to be different. It's hands-on. So you must understand that God has that hands-on relationship with you. He said that that I love you so much that I'm going to create an intimate relationship relationship with you i'm going to know you it's going to be hands-on we were created and formed by, by god and he says because of that there's a difference in the relationship that i have with mankind 
Are y'all tracking with me? So he said, fear not. Fear not. He said, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Do you know that fear not is mentioned 365 times in the Bible? One time for every day that we don't supposed to fear. And so many people today have been afraid of COVID, have been afraid of this and this and this, and afraid of this and this and this. And God tells us to fear not. Fear not. Why? Because, because uh, I'm already spoken for, I have divine protection. Anybody that raised kids, your kids ever come and said, Mom, Dad, I'm scared. Our kids come and say, I'm scared. We'd be like, honey, you inside our house? The doors are locked. Mom and Daddy's here. We got this ginormous dog walking around the house. If you've ever been to our house and met Argos, he's a solid black German Shepherd. It weighs 134 pounds. Yeah, somebody would probably think twice about coming in our house. And anyway, but our kids will come and say, I'm scared. Maybe the doors are locked. Argos is walking around the house. Mom and Daddy are right here. You have absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to, to bother you. Everything's all right. You can rest. And we do that so easily with our children. But then when life starts throwing things at us, we have a heavenly father that says, don't fear. Daddy's right here. I got you divinely protected. I got my hands on you. Amen. You are part of my family. You're going to be safe. And that's how we should approach everything that we face. Why? Because we're spoken for. We have divine protection. We have divine providence. We have divine intervention. Woo. We have divine intervention. How do you know? It may look like I'm surrounded. But there we're surrounded by horses and chariots of fire and everything God is there we don't have to fear we don't have to fear he says fear not for I have what redeemed you redeemed you I begin to study that word redeemed and how it was used in this context and it means I paid the ransom it means I paid the ransom, which is the same connotation used in a kinsman redeemer. It's the same connotation whoo, that when Boaz spoke up and said, if y'all let me, I'll take Ruth. I'll make her my wife, and I'm going to redeem her back. I'm going to redeem her. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of any debt she have. I'm going to take care of any, anything she owes, and I'm going to redeem her back. That's the same thing where God says, I've redeemed you. God said, I loved you so much that I paid the price for you. I paid the ransom for your life. I can call you mine because I paid the price. You and I have been bought with a price. Amen. And we've took off the tags and the label that this whole world had placed on us uh, and God put a label on us that said you are mine I have paid the price for you and all you have to do is walk knowing that I, you are spoken for you and I have been spoken for why? because he paid the price 
paid the ransom. That also means don't fear the future. Can I tell you something? We don't know what's going to happen. Man, we have some of the most ignorant people running this nation. I'm sorry. That was offensive. But we have ignorant people running this nation on both sides of the fence. Oh, we got left-wing nuts and right-wing nuts. Come on. Left wing's fighting the right wing. I'm just an old country boy. And every bird I've ever seen, it takes both wings working together for the bird to be able to fly. And they wonder why our nation is crippled. Woo! Because everybody wants the left wing to be in charge. This one wants the right wing to be in charge. But see, that's not God's design. God says you are many members but one body. Ah, and how can somebody say if I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body? Or if I'm not the foot, if I'm not of the body? It takes God's people working together. And all people working together for this thing to work right. Amen. God says I've redeemed you. Don't fear the future. We don't know what's going to happen. We got some... some uh, Ignorant people running this nation. And we, we, they don't know. They just trying this and trying that. Trying this and trying that. But let me tell you something. There's one thing that I've tried that I found to be true. And that is putting my faith and my trust in God. Using wisdom. Using wisdom. Amen. If you're sick, I will pray for you from a distance. I will leave some ginger ale on your front doorstep. Amen. Amen. Everybody do this. Amen. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I do know one thing for sure that I'm spoken for. Watch this. We're going somewhere. I'm trying to lay this foundation. And then it's just all going to come together on you. He said, I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. God knows each one of us by name. I am the world's worst about being horrible with names. Horrible. I can see faces. I know who they are. But as far as names, that's why I like being a preacher. Why? Because I can get away with, hey, brother. Hey, sister, how you doing? The most embarrassed I had been. A lady come up to me and asked me to pray for so-and-so. I was like, okay, and what's his name? She says, we go to your church. I'm like, egg on the face. Horrible with names. Amen. But how many of you know the Bible says God knows our name? He's called us by our name. God don't have to say, Lord, bless that bald-headed preacher over in Columbia. Uh, I'm going I'm to just speak blessings on that bald-headed preacher in Columbia. That'd be every bald-headed preacher around here be blessed. We got a lot of us. God knows each one of us intimately. And the Bible says the very hairs of your head are numbered. No jokes. Back in the day, and the reason that God uh, inspired Isaiah to write this is back in the day, names meant something. Okay, you didn't just name somebody Jim or Billy or Tom. Names meant something. It was important for the name. Amen. And we should honor our names. 
Amen? You sign your name on a loan document, guess what? You should pay it. Why? Because that's keeping good with your name. Amen? Some of the most holy people have the worst credit. All my amens just died. Amen? Some of the most holy people have the worst credit. What does that mean? You didn't keep your word. Why do you think jobs now check your credit report before they hire you? Because it speaks of character. If you won't pay your bills, you won't do what you say. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. Amen. Them old, them old, them old cigarettes send you to hell, pastor. My Bible also told me all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. And when you say you're going to pay it and you don't, what did you do? Amen. That's just good gospel preaching right there. Amen. I have called you by my name, your name. So your name reveals your character and your identity. How many of you know back in the day, they could be four Jimmys playing outside. But then Jim, one of Jimmy's mamas steps outside and said, Jimmy, get in this house. Didn't matter how many other Jimmy's around, Jimmy knew that. Jimmy, James, John, uh, Johnson, you better get yourself in this house. When they used the whole name, you knew it was time to get in the house. Are y'all tracking with me? Why? Because that name revealed identity. Are y'all tracking with me? Most children that are born take on the identity and the last name of what? Their father. That gives them identity. That they will be known as that for the rest of their life. I am a Dunaway. God help me. I have been a Dunaway my whole life. My dad used to say a phrase that says, you know what I'd be if I wasn't a Dunaway? And somebody would say, what? And he said, a shame. You have to know my dad's sense of humor to get that. And some of you that have known him will understand. I've been a Dunaway my whole life. I'll be a Dunaway. My children were Dunaways. Okay? 100% Dunaways. Amen? Those genes run strong. But watch this. Why am I a Dunaway? Because my father was a Dunaway. His father was a Dunaway. His father was a Dunaway. You're tracking with me. So it gives, the name gives the identity. But that comes from the father. Mothers nurture. Fathers give identity. That is why the devil fights so hard for young men and young women to be raised in a home with no father. Why? Because the, the enemy knows that if the father is not there to give identity, then he can slip in and people can be confused. Y'all tracking with me? That is why you got so many people that don't identify as a he or a she. Y'all heard this? I identify as a they. 
I identify as this. And now they're wanting to put on birth certificates, not male or female. They're wanting to be a thaby. Instead of putting male or female on the birth certificate, they're wanting to put thaby until the child gets old enough to decide if they're male or female. Then they'll change their birth certificate. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the father gives identity. And our father, when he forms us in the womb, are y'all tracking, tells you whether you're a male or a female. When you are born, and I may get some hate mail over this, that's all right. When you are born, if you have male parts, you are a boy. When you are born, if you have female parts, you are a girl. God does not make mistakes. He's not going to put a man in a woman's body. He's not going to put a woman in a man's body. What you have is what you are. Deal with it. Amen. And we need fathers to give identity. Amen. So our father calls us by our name. In other words, he says, I'm giving you identity. Why? Because you're mine. Can't nobody walk up to none of my kids and say, that's not your daddy. Because I'm like, those are my kids. Why? Because the father gave them identity. We're going somewhere. I'm hurrying. The name rules of character also reveals that we have been adopted by the father. Then he goes on to say, you are mine. Anybody, when you was raising kids, you take something from them, what's, what do they want to say? Mine. Mine. Everything is mine. Axel hadn't got to mine yet. Everything is a ball. All he wants to do is play ball. 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 I told him to get ready. Bella was that same way, and she loves any kind of sports. Ball. 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 All the time. But we are, God said, you are mine. How many of you know this morning that you belong to God? You belong to God. You belong to God. Somebody say, I belong to God. Say it again. I belong to God. I belong to God. Think about that. I belong to God. God said, you are mine. And can I tell you something? There's not a devil in hell that has the power to take you from him. There's not a devil in hell that has the power to take you out of his hand. There's not a legislation. There's not a lawmaker. There's not a judge. There's not a president. There's not a senator, not a congressman. Not anybody can take us out of God's hand. We belong to God. You and I belong to God, and we need to remember that. We need to remember that even when the winds blow and the waves rage and the storm comes on, we need to believe believe and understand that we belong to God I belong to him and nobody 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 can take me out of his hand why because I'm spoken for and here's where I want to preach to you for a few moments we're spoken for I, I, I laid my introduction to get to this he said in verse 2, when you pass through, I love that. How many of you know that living for the Lord 
doesn't mean that we're not going to ever go through anything. Life's going to happen. You're going to get sick. Why? Because this body's not perfect. Amen? You're going to go through tough times. We're going to go through trying times. Amen? We don't know what the future holds. But notice what the scripture said. He said, when you pass through. I may have to go through it, but I'm going to pass through it. Old country song says, if you're going through hell, just keep walking. Amen? Probably not the best analogy, but that's uh, what popped in my mind. But when you're going through, just keep walking. Why? Because I'm going to pass through. I'm going through this storm right now, but I'm going to pass through. I'm going through the battle right now, but I'm going to pass through. I'm going through the, the fire right now, but I'm going to pass through. Why? Because God didn't say when you find yourself living here. He said, well, when you pass through it, uh, in other words, you may have to go through it, but I'm going to make sure you come out on the other side. Uh, you may have to go into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but you're going to come out on the other side. You may have to go into the lion's den, Daniel, but I'm going to make sure that you come out on the other side. You may have to go into the belly of the well, Jonah, but I'm going to make sure that you come out on the other side. You may have to go through all the, the hard times, but I'm going to make sure that you come out on the other side. We must understand that even though we're going to pass through, God's going to make sure we come out. And I want to tell you today, those watching me online, you may be passing through right now, but just keep walking, just keep trusting, just keep believing God. Because God said when you come out on the other side, your clothes aren't even going to smell like smoke. People won't even know that you've been through that. Hallelujah. Oh, I have not got my breath back from COVID. <laughs> Amen. He said when you pass through. I'll be with you. Watch this. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. God's referencing when they showed up at the Red Sea. Can you imagine? Freed from bondage. And then here comes Pharaoh and his army to try to take you back to bondage. You got this enemy coming. You got the Red Sea. It looks like something that is insurmountable in front of you something that there's no way you can pass through it's estimated that around 3 million people left Egypt and they're standing at a Red Sea okay tying some sticks together and making a raft is not an option there's 3 million people are y'all tracking with me? All of their children and their flocks and their herds swimming across. It's not an option. Their options were few to none. But God says, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And with a blast of his nostrils. You can preach it the way you want to preach it. I believe God just blew the Red Sea parting. 
And not only did they cross over, but they crossed over on dry ground. Three million people. Three million people crossed over. And as they was crossing over, God took his hand. And he held back Pharaoh's entire army. Can I tell you something? God said you may have to pass through. Woo! But I'm going to hold the enemy back while I make a way of escape for you. I'm going to hold the enemy back uh, while I make a way of escape, while I make a way where there seems to be no way, while I make dry ground appear out of the midst of the sea. I'll do what I take. You may have to pass through, man or woman of God. You may have to pass through, but God said, I got supernatural provision for you. I got supernatural protection for you. I got a supernatural that all you got to do is remember that even though I'm walking through uh, and can you imagine walls of water as high as you can see on both sides of you but the people of God said we're trusting God these walls of water could come down and destroy us at any time but God said he had never leave me God said he had never forsake me and I'm going to pass through these waters with faith knowing that the God that has begun a good thing in me is able to perform it and that he's going to bring me out on the other side I don't know about you but I'd probably be a little nervous running off into the Red Sea and there's water as high as I could see on both sides uh Lord you sure you got this God (laughs) you got this Now, God, if I get halfway out there and these walls of water come down, I'm going to be mad. I mean, I'm going to come see you, but I'm going to be mad. I don't know about you, but I don't don't see anybody just going, oh, this is awesome. Like, get the kids. Don't you dare let go of my hand. We're coming out on the other side. Don't you stop and talk to nobody. I don't care if their wagon wheel broke. Keep walking. I don't care if they stuck in the mud, keep going. They on their own. Don't you let go of my hand. Old school, you better grab the back of my shirt, tell them, don't you dare let it go. We getting out on the other side, and once we get on the other side, we're going to pray for them. Lord, touch them, let them come on. That's the way I'd have been with my bunch. Like we're getting over on the other side. So he said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you means we'll be neither overwhelmed or consumed amen some of you may today feel like you just can't take no more but you know when we run out that's where he starts when we are weak that's when he's strong when we're going through that's when he's there he said when you pass through the waters i'll be with you and through the rivers they won't overflow you one theologian believes that this is talking about when they came to the Jordan River and it was out of its banks. You ever seen the river out of its banks? There's water everywhere. Don't have time to preach on that. Why the Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. In other words, the original translation says where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. The banks of the river is what keeps the river moving. It is your restraints in your life that keep you moving forward. 
But when you get out of restraints and everybody does what they want to do, everything just goes everywhere and nothing moves. That's why the Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. In other words, we become stagnant. There, there, nothing happens. So it is our restraints, it is the boundaries that we place in our life that God places in our lives that keeps us moving. Amen. So the, the, red, the uh, Jordan River was out of its banks. But watch what happened. The Bible said priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they just stepped right off into it. Woo! And the Bible said the Jordan River opened up and they crossed on over. Can I tell you something? God says when you pass through the rivers, they won't overtake you. Why? Because when I walk off into the river, it looks like it could have a current that sweeps me away. But I'm taking the presence of God with me. And I may have to step into this river. I may have to step through this difficult time in my life. But God says, I'll be with you. And I want to tell you, some, some of you today, you may be going through the river right now. But hear the word of the Lord. It shall not overtake you. It shall not overtake you. And he said, I'll be with you when you walk through the fire. Said, you won't be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. In other words, watch this. And I'm bringing it all in. Wesley, would you come? Watch this. He said, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. We won't be burned. The flame won't kindle upon us. How does all this tie in together, Pastor? Because I'm spoken for. Watch this. When you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they, show, they won't overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. There's three instances God said that things will come against you. But it's not going to have no desire. Why? Because you're spoken for. How does it work, Pastor? I've been about to bust to get to this one point. Here comes the fire in my life to try to consume me, to try to burn me. And it tries to put its hand on me and take me. But God says, that one's spoken for. Here comes the rivers to try to overtake me. But God looks at it and said, she's spoken for. Why? She's mine. In other words, you can't have them because I've already spoken for them. It's what it means to be spoken for. Woo. When Satan come against Job, God said, you can do all kind of stuff to him, but you can't kill him. Why? Because he's spoken for. He's mine. Are y'all tracking with me? You and I have been spoken for by God. That means when something comes against us to try to destroy us, to try to take us, God looks at it and says, uh-uh, they're mine. Ooh. When the storms of this life rage against us, why not look at it and say, I'm spoken for. I belong to God. And God said, you can't have me. When sickness comes against our bodies, when sickness comes against our bodies, 
we can go up and say, hey, I'm spoken for, and you're trespassing on God's property. Get off. You know, if you don't want somebody on your property at your house, get off my property. You say, Pastor, you tell as much taxes as I pay, absolutely. Get off my property. You're not welcome here. You weren't invited. Go. Guess what? We're God's property. And we can let the things of this life know you're trespassing on God's property. You got to go. Worry? You got to go. You're trespassing. Sickness? You got to go. You're trespassing. Stress and anxiety? You got to go. You're trespassing on God's property because I'm spoken for. I belong to God. And the only thing welcome in my life is the thing that God wants for me. And can I tell you something? God only wants good things for you. He said, I've redeemed you. He said, I gave Ethiopia for you. Siva. In other words, he said, I have paid the high price. God said, I paid the ultimate price. Do you know that he did that for you and for me? When he sent his only son to die in our place. When he sent his only son to die in our place, he paid that price for us. We belong to God. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm spoken for. I'm spoken for. Some of us, myself included, have had to pass through some stuff lately. But guess what? God brought us out on the other side. And you may be going through today. But God's going to bring you out. You hear this, Pastor, this morning. You are going to make it. You are going to make it. You are going to make it. Fear not. That's what he told us again in the same chapter. Two different times in our verses. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God has got you. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? God's got you. And I want to give an altar call this morning. I want to pray for everybody that wants prayer this morning. But if you have been going through or you have a need in your life that you need God to work on, I want you to step out and join me up here this morning.